Hey everyone, it's me, Chris Wesley, with the Church Podcast, just with a little show note before we get started. So this episode, uh, Why Should We Open Back Up the Church for Mass, was such a great conversation, at least I think so, uh, that John and I decided that we didn't want to cut out any of the content, uh, so we decided to make it a two-parter. So this one ends with a little bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, and if you're listening to this, uh, this, uh, week when it releases, you're going to have to wait a whole nother week for part two. Uh, if, if not, then you can just jump right ahead to the next part. But anyway, wanted to give you the heads up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the church podcast. Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I am joined here with Chris Wesley. What's up, my friend? How are you today? Um, I'm proud to say now that I am sporting the COVID haircut. Um, My wife did a high fade on me uh, about a week ago, and uh, it was quite the adventure because I actually was for it. I told her, you know, our two sons, like, didn't want anything to do with a, a funky haircut, their hair is getting so long. And uh, I was like, you know what? My hair is getting kind of long. I don't know when barbershops are gonna open up around here again. So let's just go for it. I'd rather have short hair than long hair. And she's like nervous about it. I said, worst case is I buzz it. I wear hats all the time. And I thought she did actually a pretty pretty good job. I mean, I don't have it like styled right now and with the headphones on, but uh, yeah, kudos to my, my wife, Kate Wesley for uh, just the incredible haircut job she did. And I've gotten a lot of compliments on it. So. I, I'm, you know, it, that's a, that's a good highlight from the past week, I, I guess, John. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, and, and who knows? I mean, states are starting to loosen things up here. Restrictions are starting to get a little bit less. I know here in Nevada, we've entered our phase one. So some things are slowly starting to open. So maybe we'll get our haircut sooner rather than later. Who knows? Well, that was actually the funny thing. So she cut it last week and Maryland, um, with this being re- uh, recorded, Maryland announced that they were opening up and that some jurisdictions would open up barbershops. And of course, I'm like, oh, if I had waited one more week, I could have had my uh, barber, Mike, cut my hair. But it looks like they're holding off on that a little bit more. So I'm like, all right, I don't feel so guilty about cheating on my barber, um, <laughs> even though that's with my wife. But uh yeah, so I have a little bit of time to grow back and go back into him and say like, hey, you're my only barber. <laughs> there you go, there you go, keep that loyalty. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of opening up, things are moving quickly across the country right now, Chris, uh, in terms of uh, states are lifting different restrictions and obviously it looks very different across the states, across the country. And, and now churches and dioceses are really struggling with this idea of like, okay, how do we go back and how do we go back safely, right? In terms of reopening churches. And so that's what we're going to spend some time talking about today. Uh, we've, we did an episode before on, on reopening back up, but we just have so much more information now, Chris, than we did. That was like, what, four weeks ago or three weeks ago? You yeah. know, we just have more information now. And, and it, the landscape has changed tremendously. And I'll have to admit, Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll be open to this. That first episode we did on opening the doors back up, We'll link to it in the show notes, by the way, because I still think it's good. Uh, but there was a part of me that was thinking like, oh, opening back up, it's going to be so grand. It's all, like all cupcakes and unicorns and smiles. It's going to be all great. And, and one of the things that I've recognized as I've been reading and working with parishes and dioceses uh, uh, is, is that it's, it's complex. Yeah. And it's yeah. not as easy as I might have initially imagined it to be. Now, I still hold to some of the things that we said in the previous episode, so I'm not going to go back and, and, and change that necessarily. But I think the conversation needs to be different. And, 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 and Chris, that's why I said we need to do another 
another follow-up episode on this reopening up because there's a lot of movement forward. It's confusing. There's pressure to open up. And, and I just think we need to delve into this topic again. Yeah, no, and, and I'm right there with you. I mean, the previous epi- episode was about when we open up. And now this is kind of like the episode now that we're opening up, right? Like, uh, um, what do we do about it? And I, I think for me too, when I had in pictured opening up, I was also thinking that we were opening up and the disease or the virus had drastically subsided, right? And so therefore, it was just a matter of like, okay, let's wipe everything down and open up the doors and, and go back to it. But that's not necessarily the case, even though, um, you know, hospitals aren't necessarily overloaded and, and states are opening up and, and whatnot. They're still um, asking us to practice, you know, um, physical distancing, um, which I like better than social distancing, right? Physical distancing than uh, like social <laughs> distancing. Um, and, uh, and just recommending best practices. Um, but it's interesting Right, because we're opening up now, which I don't know, John. Like, does it feel sooner than you you expected? Like, with how things were going, like for me, honestly, too, I was thinking opening up would be August, September, right? Yeah. Um, so um, I'm feeling a little bit like, okay, we're opening up now. Why? Like, yeah. why are we opening up now? Yeah. Well, I I think it's interesting. Do I think it's sooner than I initially anticipated? No, I actually don't. I think, you know, look, I'm no expert on this whole disease science stuff. I don't pretend to be, you know, but I was just like, we're going to open up. And this is about the time frame I might have initially thought. But again, as I mentioned earlier, it's much messier uh, and much more complex than I ever thought it would be. Hence this episode. But one of the things that, that we've delved right into first, Chris, is kind of the how and what, you know, in terms of, of how do we do this, right? And so now you're starting to see the surge of, of the bishops and dioceses and, and parishes and whatnot come up with all these resources, uh, videos and, you know, guidelines. I've seen some dioceses that have four pages, some that have eight pages, some have more, right? You just like, all sorts of things. And like, there's a lot of like, how and what, how and what, how and what. And even I, with my clients that I'm working with across the country who are in very different phases of opening up, I have, uh, I have some clients, they're open already because they're, they're Midwest, more rural, re- their reality is a little bit different. And I have another client that's, they're not even close, you know, to opening yeah. it up, you know, uh, given the, the urban suburban setting that they're in, you know, it's just very different. And so I've even encouraged the question, the, the what and the how do we make this happen? But you know what I discovered as I thought this through, Chris, is we haven't asked the question why. Mm. We yeah. haven't. And, and, and look, I, I don't have, I don't want to come off with this episode saying you need to open up or you don't need to open up. That's not for me to answer. The point of this particular episode is, is to get you, our listeners, and you, Chris, and all of us, to be thinking through the why. You know, it's a whole Simon Sinek, start with why, right? And, and the how and the what comes from the why, not the other way around. That is the conversation that we have not had. I have not encouraged it as of yet. This is my penance, but this podcast episode into getting that conversation out there. I haven't given enough time and reflection and, and I'm just interested. What do you think? I mean, have we, have you, you're at a parasite, Chris, have you had the conversation? Why, what is this looking like for you? 
Um, you know, full transparency, I'm not at that level of leadership to have those conversations. You know, usually it's just, this is what we're doing and, you know, you go for it. And, and I'm fine with that. You know, I, I, I'm all right with it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll push back, you know, if I, I feel like I, I need to, because I'm concerned about it, but, um, you know, our, um, <clears throat> our, our pastor, our leadership team, they're making those decisions. And so I'm hoping that they're asking that question, why? Um, and I, I, you know, um, as an employee, I think I have the right to ask why. And, um, you know, whether or not I agree with the reason behind it is another thing. But um, I think all of us, uh, no matter what level we're at on parish staff, uh, should feel comfortable asking leadership why. Um, and if you are leadership, even um, asking, you know, your archbishop or your cardinal, you know, or whoever, like why, um, like why we're making these moves. Because the reason we want to ask that why is there are going to be negative and positive consequences to our decision. And we need to, um, uh, it's kind of like, you know, doing that pros con list, like li listing out like, okay, what are the benefits to this versus what are the, um, you know, the downside to, to doing this. And you know, also like one thing that I've been reflecting on is, you know, is the decision driven out of anxiety, fear, excitement, boredom, you know, like what, what's driving that decision? And not that the reason behind that one's better than the other, but I think it's important to acknowledge that as well. So um, yeah, I think asking that question, why do we open up and why are we opening up at this time is, is a fair one to discuss because you know what, there's going to be a point where we are going to have to communicate that to, to our congregation, to our coworkers, to our volunteers, especially if we're going to ask them to jump on board with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, just to be clear again, I'm going to say it again, I, you know, I, it's not an easy answer. It's not like an easy yes or an easy no. That's not our intention of that. And our, our intention is not to answer that question for you, you know, but, but one of the conversations I had with one of my clients was asking, looking at all the recommendations and restrictions that are coming out from different dioceses and, and is, is one parish I work with is like, is this even worth it? Right. They asked that question, like, given how much work right now, like today, if we were open up today, which they can't, but if we were to open up today, are all these obstacles worth it? That's an interesting conversation to be having. And, and Chris, as I reflected on the why piece to this, there were three, there are three reasons why that came to the surface in my thinking and, and, and some, of the, some of the conversations I've had with, with parishes and dioceses around this one. And, and see if this resonates with you, Chris. And then, and then I want to break open all three of these as time goes on. The first reason to open up that, that I've heard people talk about, which is very real, is money. Mm -hmm. we know that mass we've talked about this we've had a previous episode on this right we know that mass is the the biggest way that we, that churches increase revenue and we know that churches are hurting we know that staff has been laid off we know that there's been furloughs we know that there's been lots of things that have been happening that is really unfortunate uh due to the reality of, of this so it's a very real question about money but that's the first one, okay? And we'll break that open in just a second, but let me give you all three, right? So money. The second one is access to Eucharist, right? As a why. Like there are a lot of people, you know, really wanting to come back and, and 
and get that Eucharist, the physical, that, that, that physical, the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of Christ. And, and that's, that's good. That's sacramental. That's who we are. It's source and summit. So we're going to break that open too. And the third one, I think, is, I think in my reflection is, is we want to come back to that sense of community, right? The, the kind of that belonging and being together and journeying together. Uh, those are the three whys that have, came to mind in terms of why we would want to open up. So first, Chris, general overview, thoughts around those three whys, and maybe is there something that I'm missing that, that I haven't thought about? Now, I think uh, those three, um, at least for me, are the, are the three that rise to the top, um, uh, top reasons. Um, anything else I kind of think of sort of fit into that because we're also talking about like worship services opening up, mass opening up, not necessarily <laughs> other church functionalities. We're not talking about faith formation. Right. Um, and, and granted, you know, funerals, weddings, um, all those um, smaller ceremonies or ceremonies where you can, you know, control the size. Um, uh, I don't necessarily think those fit into this because that's, I think, a different conversation. Um, but what we're talking about here really is uh, Sunday Mass um, uh, at this point. Um, and and so I think that's where these three questions, you know, I don't think we can talk about faith formation or RCIA really until like schools start talking about, you know, like what that's going to look like in the mm -hmm. fall. Um, plus, you know, there's just so much more that we have to figure out in that regard. So mm -hmm. just for clarity for people, when we talk about opening up, and I think the way that, uh, that I've seen other states who have opened up already and churches that have opened up, we're just talking about weekend liturgy um, for mm -hmm. the most part. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So let's delve into the money uh, question. Look, you, churches are hurting. They need the revenue. I absolutely get that. But one of the questions that comes to mind is <clears throat> if we open back up, <clears throat> are we going to have the, the, are people going to be giving? Uh, are they going to be giving at the same levels that they did before? Is it, a, is it going to be a difference maker in terms of that income? If that's the sole reason, and I'm not suggesting that's necessarily the sole reason we open up, but I think that's a, a question of mine because I'm not sure everybody's going to be rushing back to attend mass right away. In one diocese I'm working with, uh, you know, they, they have a capacity of 50 people in their church building in terms of how many are allowed due to the restrictions, you know, is that statewide or, or diocesan wide. Uh, and what they discovered is that they did not hit that capacity, you know, the first weekend. And again, this is the first weekend that they were open. They did not hit that capacity of 50, right? Which is not very lot, not a lot. But again, this is a smaller church community, a little bit more rural America, you know, but they didn't hit that capacity. And so my question is, is it a game changer to if in terms of money, will we be getting the revenue that we desperately need if we open back up, say tomorrow? And I just think that's a question worth you know batting around a little bit with the leadership of your parish and on staff. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, you know, I, I think even before we answer that question, you know, you got to look at like, okay, why were people giving you know before quarantine, right? Why were people giving to your church beforehand? Were they giving it you know out of loyalty were they giving it out of um you know spiritual you know offering because it you know it's preached in the bible like why were people giving because you know and, and the way you could tell that is how things transitioned from pre-quarantine into quarantine right stay at home like if I, like for me personally right um kate and i we give because we believe it's a spiritual principle we also give electronically so when the church 
closed its doors didn't really impact our thoughts on uh, on giving. Um, maybe if we had lost our jobs or, or things like that, we would have you know had that conversation. But for the most part, it didn't impact us. If I am loyal to my church, you know maybe it's not a spiritual thing, but it's just like I know I'm going to support this this organization, this movement. Um, you know, same thing. Like if I'm electronically giving in that regards, or if I'm mailing in an envelope in, in that regards. So. You know, you got to kind of look at that. Like, I think before you answer, are people going to give more now that they're walking in? Yeah, maybe people who, you know, didn't trust the electronic giving or didn't know how to do that. Um, people who really only function off of cash instead of checks and, you know, you don't really mail cash. You'll maybe get that. But until attendance, you know, physical attendance boosts, I don't think you're going to see necessarily a financial boost in that. And that goes back to like, you know, while you bring your offertory to mass, right? That's when you you bring your tithe to the storehouse, right? Um, I think that, um, you know, uh, really why people give in general is a bigger question that you have to ask. And that opening up is not, in my opinion, opening up is not necessarily going to increase that a lot until attendance increases. Right. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to increase a lot, but, but, but let's go back. You know, and I'm starting to collect some data on this because a lot of parishes have done the phone calls thing that we've talked about, right? Call mm -hmm. your parishioners that you can't see them, call them. Um, right. <clears throat> two of the big parishes that I work with right now have both seen an incredible uptick in giving is it because of the calls necessarily? Maybe or maybe or not, but there's definitely a relationship. Now, in, in March, when everybody kind of closed stuff down, everybody saw a dip, right? You know, but yeah. what I have seen in the data, and I'm, I'm going to start tracking this a little bit more to get some actual percentages, is that the parishes that were intentional about calling saw dramatic increases in giving. And, and two of the parishes, uh, these two parishes were were – not quite at normal offertory levels in April, but they were pretty, pretty close, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, I think our, that's fascinating to me. And so the giving has increased as one, people got used to the fact that, okay, we're not going to mass. So we need to find another way to give online giving, mail in the check or whatever like that. But the outreach of parishes, I think has translated into giving. So now giving is not connected as much to mass attendance as it was before. And I would argue that's potentially a really good thing for us as church. That's a very healthy thing. I, and, you know, with our, our parish, Easter, um, our Easter offertory, right? Like, because Easter and Christmas are two of the big giving times of year for most churches, uh, was, was close to what it was last year, you know? And, um, and, and, you know, plus we saved a lot on less overhead. <laughs> you <know>? you <laughs> uh, we still bought flowers to make our sanctuary uh, look uh, great. But, you know, here's the other part of it as well. Um, it's not just the calling, but also uh, I know at least with our parish, I saw with other parishes too that were live streaming, they were talking about giving a lot more mm -hmm. and support. And yes, you want to do that. Even um, there's a, the parish that Kate and I got married at, um, we, we saw our mailings increase a little bit more about like, Hey, will you support us and, and everything and, you know, and everything. So I think, you know, that's a best practice. I'm sure you guys talk about this at a parish success group. If you never talk about money, people are never going to think about yeah. like giving towards the church. Yeah, so absolutely. the phone calls, the outreach that parishes are doing, I think that's huge. You know, the parishes that are, um, I think going to be more inclined to open up because of the money reason is one, maybe they couldn't afford, uh, afford or figure out the live streaming portion of it. 
Um, and therefore, um, you know, because there were a lot of churches out there that I heard who were saying, go to the archdiocese or EWTN and watch their mass, which I get it. If you don't have the technology, you know, or, or the money to buy that technology, then, then that totally is reasonable. So I see for them opening up the doors more, maybe they'll see more of an uptick than maybe a, 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 a parish that does have the capabilities to uh, live stream and, and things along those lines. Um, and, and then the other part is, you know, if you, if you were able to convert a lot of your parishioners into electronic giving, um, opening up the doors um, is, is not going to impact it, uh, uh, you know, as much as you getting people to financially, you know, to sign up for electronic giving. Mm -hmm. So again, um, I think before, if you're looking at, do we open it up? Why is it money? I think you have to first look at like, okay, um, why were people giving in the first place, you know, before we hit right. this pandemic? And then what are the other strategies, you know, yeah. that we can go around of, of getting people to, to tithe, right? And, and we'll, we'll link to, in the show notes, we'll link to the previous episode we did on, on giving, because uh, we did do a response to that uh, during COVID. Well, you know, and, okay. and the other part too is, you know, I think the other part that impacts it is whether your parish uh, qualified for that payroll um, tax yeah. too, you know, like what kind of assistance did you get? Um, if you qualified for that, um, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have a little bit room for margin, you know, if, if giving goes down. So there is a lot of factors to it, but I just still think it is at, at, like compared to the other two topics here, which I can't wait to dive into. <laughs> I think, um, you know, money is a little bit easier to look, has a lot more variables to it. Um, yeah depending on your situation. Absolutely. And, and so just to be, I mean, I, I think it's worth a conversation at your, at your parish, but you know, you need to really analyze if that's the number one reason why you're opening, there's a question of whether it's going to be successful or not, right? In terms well, of the revenue that you're going to get that. Yeah. And can I say one more thing on that too? Yeah. Um, the other part is the reason why it's important to discuss this now is God forbid there's a surge and we have to close things down again. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if you didn't get it right the first time, or even if you did, there's room for improvement so that if we have to go back into a, you know, a shelter in place or quarantine mode, that uh, you're better prepared for the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you brought up the, the, the small business uh, stuff from the government, right? You know, and, and it's unfortunate what, what we discovered at Paris Success Group is that a lot of parishes got uh, recommendations from their diocese say don't apply because you don't qualify. And we're like, what? Like, you know, so someone didn't do their research. Uh, all churches uh, had access to those funds mm -hmm. and, and you, you had to apply through your bank. And, and many of our clients did because we told them, but some of them were savvy enough to know that they did. That's another right. conversation for another time. Yeah. Uh, but that's past, so we can move on from that.